I finally am okay with the fact that I feel successful just doing it. You know, I don't, it doesn't feel dependent on if the world measures it as a successful, it feels just good to be, you know, following my dreams and, and having my kids witness that too. We are all surrounded by creative and inspiring people. I wanted to open up a conversation about creativity and the creative forces that are around us on a daily basis. And it's my hope that as you listen into these conversations, you find and hear ideas and inspiration to cultivate and nurture your creative muscles. You won't know how you can be an influence to others until you flex those creative muscles. The first of these conversations is with a dear friend who I have known for over two decades. We started our friendship in the creative life of theater. Corey Morgan Duncan is a mom and writer who has lived on both the East and West Coasts, in the middle of the country where we met in college, and now lives with her family in Florida. She is one of the most creative minds I've met. Her writing has always given me pause, and I cannot wait for her current book that she's writing to be published and released. In our conversation, we ruminate on college life together, the highs and lows of living in Florida, friendship, the gifts of the sea, and the authors that have inspired and influenced her in her own writing. Here is our conversation. so excited to talk to you about creativity. You and I met in the theater, which was our creative outlet, which was Mm -hmm. our creative outlet in college. So before we get to your current creative passions, I just have a quick icebreaker for you so that our listeners can kind of get a very basic outline of who you are. Okay. You ready for this or that? I'm ready. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Morning or evening? Evening. Texting or phone call? Phone call. (laughs) Library or museum? Ooh. That's a hard one, isn't it? (laughs) Can you say both? You can, of course. Yes. I'll say both to texting and a phone call as well because it depends on the person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Are you introvert or extrovert? Mm. Um, in my younger life, I was more of an extrovert and now I'm turning more into an introvert. Yep. It's very strange. <laughs> no, that's good. That, that says a lot. Okay. Summer or winter? Summer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Vacation or a staycation? Ooh, uh, that's hard too. I... <laughs> Depends on where you live, right? Depends on the season of life, too. Yeah. I I love to travel, but my favorite part of traveling is coming home. So <laughs> <laughs> I but get I, that. I love them both. Yeah. I don't know. That's really hard, too. <laughs> well, because life isn't black or white, right? Okay. Coffee or yes. tea? Coffee or tea? 
Coffee, 100% yeah. all capital letters. Oh my goodness, me too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy tea from that from time to time, but oh my gosh, it does not yeah. replace coffee. <laughs> I try so hard to like tea. So good for you, but yeah, coffee for sure. I agree. <laughs> Okay, well that's it. You you passed. <laughs> Thank you. I feel so proud. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your life right now. Where do you live? What what's your family life? Well, we just moved to Florida about two years ago from Oregon. It's crazy. We're in midlife. Our kids are we have three kids. Um been married for 21 years. Can wow. you believe that? Yes. <laughs> I've been married longer than I lived in my parents' house. Oh, man. So strange to think about. Um, So we have a daughter who's 18. Her name's Kaysen. And then Oliver is almost 17. And then Amelia is just turned 14. So it's kind of a crazy time of life coming into the home stretch of parenting. And yeah. yeah, we had a kind of a crazy life change with uh, leaving Oregon, pretty unexpected, but yeah. found a really good job here, and um, we've really, really surprisingly enjoyed it. Our kids are really thriving, and so life is good. Yeah, so that's a, a complete change in weather for you guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I didn't realize how cold I was in Oregon until we (laughs) moved here. And then the winter here is, you know, pretty ideal. And Mm. um, the summer is really hard, but we live by the coast, so it doesn't get as hot as it does inland. And, um, you know, you're surrounded by water, so it's bearable. Hurricane season, however, is the real downside. So. That, that was no joke, the last two hurricane seasons for us, and uh, pretty scary stuff. Yeah. When did it get so, really bad? When did it get really bad for you guys? Like, what month out of the year? Um, let's see. When was Irma? Was it August or September? Yeah. It was the biggest okay. hurricane ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was – I won't go into all the crazy details, but um, – Yeah, did you guys have to leave? Yeah, we had to, we evacuated. A lot of people decided not to where we are, but we live on a barrier island, so Mm. you have to get over bridges and stuff. These huge, long, they're not even called bridges, they're called causeways. Um, (laughs) And I just was like, you know, I don't have enough experience with hurricanes. The thing I cracked up about was all the locals being like, oh yeah, you know, they always make a big deal out of it, but it's never that big of a deal. And then me going, you know, but have you been through this hurricane? Like, right. how do you know it's not going to be a big deal? Right. Yeah. So I'm glad we, I'm glad we um, went inland and evacuated because we had access to generators and stuff. And mm. sure enough, the power went out really fast and was out for like a week here. Mm. People had no air conditioning and grocery stores were shut down. I mean, there was no food. It was really wild. It was really wild. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, but yeah. generally, life is really good there, huh? Yes, but the you know other nine months of the year, <laughs> great. So yes. you know, as with every place, it has its upsides and downsides. Yeah. So we are here to talk about creativity, and yes. the, the reason I'm talking to you is because 
you have been a creative influence in my life just because, you know, when you're in college and you're making friends and you're doing theater, you know, you, you kind of cling to the people who you respect in their talent. So that's why I'm talking to you. (laughs) Well, thanks, Liz. (laughs) I, in, in thinking about you and, and this whole, you know, situation, I was Mm. just thinking how grateful I am that you know, you were given to me as a friend my Aww. first year at Calvin because um, you were such a, like, light to me, you know, with Aww. just your wholeheartedness and your um, kindness and you're just, yeah, you, I, I've always admired <laughs> you. Like, oh. how can I be more like Liz? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> and do you remember in college when you would like when we were roommates and you would finally just lose it because you were doing all the chores of the house and you would just be like you know could somebody help me out with like the cooking and taking out the garbage and and we were all like oh my gosh we had no idea you were doing all that. I, mean, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but it was good. Like, it was so good. You've, you oh, definitely man. were a part of teaching me how to be present <laughs> and be a good friend and learn how to be mature. You mean I was bossy. But <laughs> still have fun. No, you really weren't bossy at all. Oh, man. Well, I guess I was I was practicing to become a mother. <laughs> <laughs> weren't we all in some yeah. way? Oh, yeah. man. I have great memories of of that house living in, in Thelma Street at Grand Rapids. That was really fun. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So then we lived at the theater. And then yes. after college, we actually met up in London and traveled Ireland together. Yes. That was... That was uh, amazing. You I were in Spain. I still go back and look at the pictures. And Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> so glad we did that. <laughs> Me too. And I'm trying so hard to get my family to get over there at some point. Me too. Me too. Maybe we should take them all together. <gasps> that would be so fantastic. <laughs> Go back to the Cliffs of Mohair. That yes, little that little pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. So, no, that, I mean, when, yeah, exactly. When I think of traveling, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, when the way we did it, we did it without cell phones and we did it with paper maps that were probably outdated and we survived. Right? I know. <laughs> we were creative. Was, I can't believe that that was not that long ago and it was an incredibly different world. Like yeah. I try to explain to my kids, right? like, like I found my way around Spain, you guys. <laughs> yeah. For like six months. And you had that language that. barrier, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's crazy. That's we were nuts. How did Without our how did our parents balls. survive raising us? <laughs> and the pay phones that we'd have to try to oh. figure out. In oh different my goodness! I couldn't even do email. Right. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, yeah, but we did it, and it, we have great memories. And <laughs> yeah, we did. back in your life can you see that creativity has played a big part I you know I I think from as as far back as I can remember I was one of five kids and our household was chaotic and loud and (laughs) I was this little nature kid and we had 
these great big woods. I don't really know if they were that big, but they sure seemed big (laughs) next to our house. And, um, you know, I just was constantly outside in the woods. I loved animals. I loved trees, you know, just the quintessential hippie child Mm. being raised in suburban East coast, you know? Um, so I just, I think from that time, as early as I can remember, I just found a lot of life and meaning and joy in the natural world, which led to, which I can really see how it influenced my, my search for meaning, you know, my search for purpose. I just loved to draw. I loved Mm -hmm. to read. I was, you know, I was completely, um, caught in the world of Roald Dahl when I was a little Mm. kid, like little, the, um, fantastic Mr. Fox was my favorite (laughs) book, James the Giant Peach. So I did have like a darker side to me, I think when I, (laughs) cause when I read those books out loud now, I, I, I watch some kids, um, that are nine and six. And so I read to them a lot and I've read fantastic Mr. Fox out loud and James and the Giant Peach. And like, man, these are dark books. (laughs) I must've had like, a pretty dark side to me that I didn't realize. Um, but I just loved the characters and imagining, you know, James living in a peach with a bunch of insects flying <laughs> yeah. through the yeah. sky. I mean, just, they, it just captured my imagination. And so I really lived in stories. They were an escape for me. My yeah. dad read us, um, C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and yep. the Wardrobe in my parents' closet with a flashlight. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I was a goner, you know, yeah. from then on. I was like, I, I just loved stories, and so I would write stories, and, you know, I would go to the library. My mom would just drop us off at the library sometimes, and I would I would stay sometimes all day Saturday. Like, I yeah. preferred the library to my house, and... Yeah. And I would sit, I could still picture the little table I would sit at. I would go get books on Amelia Earhart and I would just study, which I have a daughter named after. I was going to say, did you name it after her? (laughs) I did. Yeah. She was like my hero, you know, (laughs) for a lot of my childhood. And um, so I just think, you know, it's creativity is, is born out of imagination and the desire to be creative um so yeah I love that you said you lived in stories so you you read them and you wrote them as far back as you remember Mm -hmm. yeah so what are you doing right now in your creative life well as I paint and I make jewelry out of shells and I um write I I do this thing called Morning Pages, which comes from a book, um, I'm sure you're familiar, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which has been kind of a Bible to me in terms of... I think you introduced that to me. It was either you you or Kirsten back in college, right at the end of college. Yeah, it must have been Kirsten because I didn't find it until a few years ago. Oh, great. Okay, good. So you do the morning pages. Maybe I knew about it, but Anne Lamott, I went to an Anne Mm -hmm. Lamott writing conference um, and she kept bringing up Julia Cameron. And then that was when I kind of got the whole book. And then I have a book called The Artist's Way Every Day. And it's a little, 
um, basically it's a, just a, a quote from Julia Cameron every day yep. about creativity and the inner artist. And it's just a game changer every yeah. day. I'm like, Oh, that is so profound. And I've read it through probably three years in a row and it still affects me. Oh, um, that's great. So I do my morning pages, and then I also am working on a novel, a young adult novel, and I've written several kids' books that I'll be working on getting published in the in the midst and flurry of all my kids' right. stuff. But yeah. um, so it's not something I can do full time. Right. I mean, I guess I could, but I'm doing my best. And, yeah. You know, kids still have have a lot of needs in our yep. life. Our life, obviously, I'm needed. Exactly. <laughs> as, a, as a mother and yep. a, you know, taxi driver and cook and, you know, yep. all those exactly. great things. Tell me, the kids' books that you have, are they like picture books? They are. Some of them, um, one of them is uh, called Oh, Hello, Ocean. That w- That's a, a picture book. And then I have a little bit of a longer book called The Legend of Ling and how the elephants found their trumpet. Wow. And that one is a little bit longer, kind of like a Peter Rabbit type yeah. length. You know? Did you do um, your own illustrations? I have not done the illustrations, which has been the paralysis of yeah. me not getting them published because I wanted to do the illustrations, but now I'm just realizing I need to, I need to just try to get them published and let the illustration process be become what it may. Yeah. Right. So wow. I can't wait I, to see them. <laughs> yeah. And then the young adult novel is, um, it's a fiction fantasy called the strange sightings of Quinn McPhee. And that one has really, that story has been inside of me for about 10 years. And mm. I've, just recently within the last year found a writing partner and we are cranking out our books and so it's been a really really fun process I'm I'm getting close to the climax of the book and um and I'm really excited about it I think it's it's you know just going through the process and getting that work of art Mm -hmm. from the out from the inside of you to Mm -hmm. the outside is such a you know it's really incredibly difficult, but it's so um, satisfying. Yes. And it's hard you, work. It's hard work. Yeah. You know, like Anne Lamott says, you have to take the potato gun and put it to your head and get <laughs> to the desk and write. I love, she cracks me up. <laughs> She's great. I know. Do you, did you read her book, Bird by Bird? I have so many little quotes that I revisit out yeah. of that book all the time. I have so many underlines in that book. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love it. So tell me about your writing partner. What do you guys do for each other in the, in the um, writing process? Uh, well, it's, it's evolved a little bit. When we first got together, we didn't even know each other. We mm-hmm. met at a um, New Year's party. We had just moved here, and one of our kids' friends' parents had a New Year's party, and they invited us. And so we um, just met a bunch of people there, and I got to talking about writing for some weird reason. And this woman, Kim was like, Oh, I have secretly, I have this book I've been wanting to write for like five years. And, and after that party, she called me and she said, you know, I feel like if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And I said, I feel like the same thing. And so we became writing partners and we started with like writing a chapter, 
reading each other's chapters, like Mm -hmm. trying to perfect the chapter, Mm -hmm. do all these things. And we weren't getting very far, obviously, because that's a tremendous amount of work for just one chapter. Right. And then we went to a writing conference, the Florida Writers Conference. It's a big one here in Orlando. We went to that one together last October and they had all these workshops and so many interesting opportunities to learn about the craft of writing and just processes and marketing and all kinds of great stuff. Um, and one, one workshop in particular that we both attended, they talked about the importance of just getting the book out and not trying Mm. to, don't worry about the editing and the, you know, don't worry about all those processes, just get the, the bones of the book out and yeah. so then we kind of changed our whole process and now yeah. we will write a chapter we send it to each other we read it we talk on the phone every Thursday morning for about an hour wow. and we just mostly hold each other accountable and give each other pep talks I mean yeah. that's really the heart of what we do for each other now and that feels amazing because we're make we're both making a lot more progress and getting the writing out quicker and we're not so hung up on, is this a good chapter? Is it really, you know, right. Doing what it needs to do. Are the characters well developed? You know, like we're just getting the story out and, and not being so, you know, we're just not giving each other as much feedback, which I think is, can just really get you bogged down, bogged down. And you need to, it's a lot of work to get a book written. So just getting the book written is, is what we're focused on. And that feels really good. Yeah. That's great that you have somebody to work with you along, along with you. Yeah. I, I can't, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing had it not been for her calling me. So I'm so grateful that's good for it, and I recommend anybody who has the desire to write or needs to get a book written that's been inside of them mm. find a writing partner. And I, it's worked really well that we don't know each other that well. We mm. don't have a lot of like we're getting to know each other better. And I certainly, you know, really consider her a friend. And yeah, but right. um, the fact that we don't we haven't we don't have a lot of history yeah. makes it easier to just kind of get down to business. Right. You know function for each other the way that's going to create the best yeah and get you know most efficient yeah that's that's product so good wow that's that's really cool I'm glad you told me about that This information that Corey shares about finding a writing partner is not new to the creative and innovative process in the world but the idea was new to me I've since done some research and noticed that many creative artists and technological innovators did not work alone. I want to encourage those of you who are struggling to make and create more to start with this route. Find a partner either in your same creative media or just another creative being who can encourage you and be honest with you in a way that will help you keep creating. In his book, Powers of Two, Finding the Essence of Innovation in Creative Pairs, Joshua Wolf Schenk discovered that some of the biggest innovations and works of art were not done by just one artist or innovator. They were encouraged by creative partners. Are you writing anything? 
I'm not, I, I have not written in forever, and the only thing I, I was blogging for a long time, I started a blog when, so, when I was pregnant with my second, and I wrote all the time, and then just life got busy, or my creative endeavors turned a different corner, and I stopped writing, and so I'm starting to blog again, but it's hard to carve time into that, and fiction was never my strong point, so I, I, I think... I need, I, I mean, fiction is amazing. I wish I could figure out how to, how to write it, but I think I'd rather read it and write nonfiction. <laughs> every, you know, every agent I've met in the business, that's yeah. their, their gift is they love to read, but they're not, you know, they just don't have the desire to yeah. try to figure out how to do fiction. They love to read fiction, right. which surprised me because I was, I asked one of the agents at the Florida Writers Conference, like, you have the keys to the kingdom. Why right. don't you just write books, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was like, because I'm just a read, you know, I just love to read fiction and yeah. I love to find new writers. So right. that was kind of an interesting side of the whole thing. Right. How do you have like um, a ritual when you sit down to write? Um, I try just because of my training through the artist way. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was starting my morning with morning pages and then trying to do my writing, my writing of my novel later. But what happened was, you know, life kind of pours in every day and all of a sudden I would have my morning pages, but I wouldn't get my novel writing. So And then I started, had been doing this other office job in the morning, so I decided to just focus on the novel writing. So I, honestly, it's very, it's as simple as you can get, because that's what I need, is I set my alarm for five o'clock, I'm uh, up by about 520, Mm -hmm. and I I sit my, I don't do anything except for make coffee, Mm. and grab my computer, and I sit I sit in my bed and I write for about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Um, and I can get about 500 to a thousand words, just depending on how good the flow is that day and, um, how good, you know, how well I'm, I'm up on the chapters before and just how much it's in the forefront of my mind really. And, um, And so I just try to be consistent with that. You know, some weeks it's really consistent and I'm great. And other weeks it's really not, you know, but (laughs) thank God for my writing partner because we just keep getting back each other back on track when we have those weeks that we're like, oh my gosh, I barely got a hundred words down, you know, and she's, and then we just kind of give each other the pep talks like, all right, we're going to do better next week and Mm -hmm. here's the goal and um, and knowing how many words you can get in what amount of time, that's yeah. a big piece of sort of the business side of it. Like yeah. you need to kind of know how fast you write and, um, how fast you can get a chapter done. Like I, I was able to get a chapter done this morning hmm. and, um, so it just helps you with planning. Like how long is it going to really realistically take you to get through, yeah, these these next chapters, and then mm-hmm. you kind of have an a guesstimate of when you can be done, and you can start the editing process. 
So when you say you wrote a chapter this morning, does that mean you came up with the idea and you wrote it and put it on paper or on your computer? Or did you have kind of like an outline in your head of what it was going to be? How, what does that mean? I mean, right now I'm, I'm kind of a prancer, which means I just sort of like let the story go. I, I don't, I, I don't do well with outlines. Some people really do. Yeah. Um, and I certainly have an overarching idea of what's going to happen, but you kind of have to, for me, I have to really let the characters lead me because I'm a very visual person. So, yeah. um, right now the way my, my novel structured is that the, the novel starts in the, the near future, but every other chapter is a flashback into mm. the past. Mm -hmm. So, um, you're getting, you know, a structure there where you sort of know what to expect. I'm, um, I just finished chapter 20. So I'm in a rhythm yeah. where I, all I have to do is really kind of reread the chapter before and mm -hmm. then just ask myself, what is the purpose of this chapter and what needs to be shown and who needs to be there? And then I, um, right now the flow is pretty good because the story is pretty well developed, mm -hmm. you know, the mm -hmm. characters are all established and, um, so yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. I just, I, every author is so different and I just, I would have yeah. no idea how to sit down and, and create a story, let alone, you know, make it happen. So it's, I love hearing about how it happens. <laughs> well, it's such a strange thing because I, all the whole reason it even started was I just saw this image, you know, in my mind's eye one day mm -hmm. of this boy coming, kind of scaling this crazy big fence. And it felt like the future. Like I could even yeah. tell it just felt like the future. I could see him scaling this fence and I knew his name was Quinn McPhee and I don't really know why or how. And I, and I could see in the picture, this woman standing at this window of a school, the second story of a school looking out at this yeah. boy. And I could just feel all this tension in the scene. And I, and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's the strange sightings of Quinn McPhee. Like, I don't know how I know what this is, but it's a story. And then, and then it's, for me, it was just because I'm so visual, it just developed from there. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun, you know, to just let your imagination, it's like going underwater, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to come out of it sometimes because I'm <laughs> so immersed in the world and yeah, wow. Um, I wish I could stay there longer a lot. But. Yeah. You've mentioned Julia Cameron and Anne Lamott. Are there other artists that have inspired you or influenced you? The great authors, C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. um, Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, of course, mm -hmm. just inspire my imagination, obviously. Um, and then as far as nonfiction, um, The Artist's Way, Bird by Bird, and anything by Brene Brown mm -hmm. has really changed my life in these last few years with um, just the power of vulnerability, embracing imperfections, um, 
I had a real, I've had a real issue in my life with perfectionism mm-hmm. and people pleasing. And so she's been almost like a constant counselor in my life. And, um, we read, we read those books out loud a lot. Yeah. My husband and I and our kids, just certain lines are like, okay, that just changed my life, you yep. know? Um, <laughs> and she just has a way of being able to articulate these universal truths Yeah, that you're like, oh, I've been trying to understand that for about five years and right. now I do, you know? Yeah. So um, anything by Brene Brown and then one of, one of my favorite books that it, it was published in 2007, it's called A Whole New Mind. And have you heard of it? No, I have not. It's, it's kind of a life-changing book. It's about the right and left brain and how we've been kind of, our whole culture has been immersed in the left brain for so long because of industrialism, but how the right brain is really, the right-brained people are really the are going to be the most powerful people in the future because industrialism is not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. For our souls, for our, for our, you know, our wholeheartedness, our well-being overall. And I think we all feel that, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read the book years ago, but it just still comes up in my in my psyche a lot. Thinking about the power of creativity and who I am because I am so right-brained and one of the issues with being so right-brained is that you you know you can tend to be real flighty Mm. which and it's difficult to kind of be nailed down and actually do the work you know so growing up from growing up just in my my own maturity in my own life and realizing you know my creativity is is meant for something larger than myself you know it's it's learning how to access and get my left brain to help my right brain and not just my right brain going (laughs) no I hate you left brain don't try to bog me down you know yeah so um, that I recommend that book. It's really it's it's really provocative. It's okay. called A Whole New Mind by yeah. Daniel Pink, Daniel H. Pink. Okay, great. I'll link to that definitely and look it up myself. And then I would say the two my two favorite young adult books right now fiction are um, The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Mm-hmm. Have you read it? I have not, but it's on my to be read list. Gosh, is it good? So beautiful. Yeah, again, very incredibly imaginative, and she is a master storyteller. Um, Kelly Barnhill. And then the other one is Hello Universe, and that one had just won the Newberry, Aaron and Trotta Kelly. They're they're actually both Newberry winners. Oh, okay, good. The Hello Universe um, just right from the get go just makes you laugh out loud. All the field feel good things, just great characters. Amazing. Do you read a lot, a lot of young adult fiction? I do. I actually, um, I read, I read old books. I read new books. I, yeah, I usually always have a young adult fiction that I'm reading and then maybe a fiction that I just have seen, Mm -hmm. um, somewhere around. Like I just read small, great things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That was really good. And then I'll have like a, a nonfiction too. Yeah. Uh, So I'm always reading something. My, 
my little book pile next to my bed is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> Mine is too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do do your kids read young adult fiction or do they um read just what they have to read for school? Uh, you know, my oldest daughter, she is a voracious reader. She mm-hmm. always has a book. Um, she loves series. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has special needs, so she did not learn to read until she was 10, um, mm-hmm. which is a long story that I won't get into. But <laughs> So reading is something I think she's never taken for granted yeah. because it was so difficult for her. Mm-hmm. And um, now she's incredible. She's yeah. an incredible reader, and she'll read out loud to me a lot, which yeah. she reads with such great expression, and I just love it. Um so she's kind of into, she's funny. She'll kind of, she loves the series. So she loved like the Twilight series and uh-huh. Harry Potter, of course. Yep. And then right now she's into um, the, like the notebook, that, that whole, mm-hmm. that. Nicholas yeah. Sparks? Yes. Okay. She, she, um, she's been basically reading one of those books a day. And I guess he has a lot of them. I didn't realize how many books he has wow she's reading one a day that's amazing (laughs) I know yeah Yeah. um and then my other two kids um you know their school their academic load is pretty intense yeah so they'll mostly read um what is required for school but I try to Kason and I both are like push books on people like drugs we're like (laughs) come on you need to like just spend some time. It'll change your life. Right. You know, we're like peer pressure book people. Yeah. And so we can get them, we can get them to read stuff. And then we'll, we'll listen to books in the car sometimes that yep. have, we're all like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta read that book. So, yeah. Well, it has been a delight chatting with you about this process that you go through and, and, and how you're using your creativity right now in your writing and in your family it's just been awesome. Do you have any, like a word of advice for anybody who has a book in their head, but has no idea what to do with it? Uh, you know, I would just say, start, just start writing. However you can make that look. It just doesn't, it just doesn't matter how it, how it looks. And, you know, just realize that the process of creativity is, is as important as, you know, providing for your family. Um, Mm. it's that, that spiritual element of what is inside of us, that kind of child joy, imagination, passion, whatever you want to call it is as important as, you know, taking responsibility for your bills and you know it's not just one or the other and that the world needs more than ever us to be creative and to be living out from a a wholehearted Mm. life versus kind of cut off from a creative our creative selves so just whatever you can do to to get to start just start don't don't overthink it. There's not going to be a perfect time in your life, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm insecure about the process. I have no idea if I'm going to be able to get published or, but I finally am okay with the fact that 
I feel successful just doing it. You know, I don't, it doesn't feel dependent on if the world measures it as a successful, it feels just good to be, you know, following my dreams and, and having my kids witness that too. And right. See me value something that, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody really cares if I write, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they care if J.K. Rowling writes, but they don't <laughs> care if I write. <laughs> yeah, they might. Your future readers might care well, a lot. <laughs> I hope. I hope. And I do have a website. CoreyMorganWriter.com is my website. And so it's in process, of course. Just I do blog and um, just trying to, you know, put yes. some encouragement out there in terms of creativity and recommendations for things and keeping myself accountable to just writing a lot and, um, and continuing to just try to give my gifts how I can. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank you so much, Liz. It's been so I, great talking. I'm again. just absolutely honored that you would have me on. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, It's been a pleasure for me to chat with you again so much. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we can get our families to Ireland together. Yeah. Another dream come true. Let's start planning it. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening. I hope you gained some confidence and encouragement in your creative living after hearing this conversation. Corey mentioned a book called A Whole New Mind by Daniel H. Pink, which I have since read since recording this, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. I love the format of the book and the different encouragement he gives to enhance our creative ideas using the right and left sides of our brains. On next week's episode, I chat with another good friend of mine who is a documentary filmmaker. Listen into this snippet of our conversation. When you approach a film that tells a story that deeply emotional, how do you, getting to the creative side, how do you set up the shots? Who is the person that thinks about the camera angles and the questions and, and when you actually start filming? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm super lucky to have such a longtime collaborator in my film partner, Anne DeMare. When did you meet her? So I met her in Chicago in like 1997 okay. and she was a playwright and I directed a play of hers at like a Chicago storefront called Straw Dog yeah. uh, Theater and um, we just hit it off and I really loved her brain and she was so smart and courageous and risk, you know, took risks and I don't know, there was just a, an immediate click. That episode will air a week from today, Wednesday, June 6th. If you're new to this podcast, you can check out the first two series, the first about entering high school as a homeschool family next year, and the second series called Health, Huga, and Happiness that I did with my good friend Heidi Nichols. As always, all the music in this podcast is written and produced by my son Sawyer and my husband Ken. Subscribe where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time. Thank you.